on today's podcast, we talk about how to become more self-aware and the benefits that being a more self-aware person brings to your personal life and your professional life. We also talk about TikTok, um, making friends, and uh, how Vieira loves to take naps when times get tough. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> because you can't be sad when you're asleep. <laughs> I do not advise. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another episode of the Creator Clubhouse podcast. We got the gang in the building. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up, guys? So we're ready to rock and roll today. Uh, We have an interesting topic today. Yeah. We're going to be talking about self-awareness. Yeah. Shield. Being aware of oneself. Yeah. So on a scale of one to ten, V, how self-aware are you? Oh, it depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. It's a sliding, Same. it's a sliding it's scale. It's a sliding scale for me too. <laughs> I've thought about putting like a little motto that I have to read or like a little like sheet that I have to go through before I leave the house every day. Interesting. Like be present, you know, yeah. like those little things that it's like, as long as I keep these three things in mind all the time, I'm good. Yeah. It's tough. I feel like I go in and out. I used to have like a daily self-reflection practice. Um, but I find myself going in, it goes through waves where it's like a super daily thing and then every few days and then maybe just once a week or whatever it may be. Um, but I think that's a pretty solid way to kind of wrap up a day and just, cause you have things that stand out. It's like, Oh, did I upset that person? Why did I upset that? Or what, why did this happen when I said this or whatever it may be? But um, we'll hop into all that. I think yeah. more or less we kind of got into it. We, we were we were talking about some friends and, and various people and some of ourselves when we were younger and in the creative world and, and working with various freelancers and things like that. And how if some people had a little more self-awareness, they would, you know, be further and along the journey of kind of achieving their goals and a lot of times we stand in our own way and we're not really aware that we're in our own way. But when you become more self-aware, you can often get to your destination much more quickly with a lot less headache. So yeah. uh, where do you want to start us off at? Well, I, I want to start off with a little story time for me this week. Uh, so I had somebody this week do something that affected me and I was like super bummed about it. Like I was just like, this sucks. Like this person sucks and they don't actually suck, but they like I was super frustrated and I like felt my feelings and I was like really trying to like examine myself and be like okay why do I feel this why did this person do this and I kind of realized like it's not their fault like they just weren't self-aware and so they just didn't know that they were doing something that was like hurtful because they go through these cycles and like at the low points they do things to like cope with the low points and those things hurt me but I realized I'm like they don't even know they're doing it at all and so like how can I get mad or be frustrated with them it's just like it's just something that they need to like heal from or like understand and so I'm like that forced me to reflect on myself and to be like okay how can I be more self-aware am I hurting people in these in these low points for myself or like am I coping in these low points for myself and like how do I improve on those and like work through that to be to be the best version of me um and so 
yeah, I just think talking about and understanding our own cycles makes us better in work for sure, but also like in our personal lives and in our relationships and like in everything we do, even being more empathetic and just understanding, like being able to look at somebody and be like, oh, this person's actually not shitty. They just like don't know how to deal with their feelings or they mm-hmm. don't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And like you can have a little bit of grace for people. I love that. So it almost even a little beyond just self-awareness is awareness in general. Yeah. Which I think is allowing us to understand that not everyone is an, a bad person. Um, they're just that way for whatever reason that yeah. we may or may not be aware of. Yeah. I have this like philosophy too that like everyone's trying their best. And like even if somebody is super not great or like someone's having a bad day and they like lash out and react. Like I, I'll tell myself this sometimes. I'm like, you know what? They're trying their best. And maybe they're bet like maybe that reaction is the best that they can do that day. But like I just assume that they're trying their best and I'm like, okay, they've just been dealt a bad hand and this is what they can do right now. And it's helped me to like let go and not take things personal because it's really easy to take things personal and be like, oh, that was directed at me or like they're trying to hurt me. But most of the time when people hurt you, it's not because they like want to hurt you. It's because they're like they're dealing hurt. with something. Yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. Exactly. And I love what you said about being, being your best. And I think when you become self-aware and aware in general, you understand that best is also on a sliding scale. So someone's best when everything's going amazing may be amazing and yeah. awesome, but their best after their grandmother died and they just got dumped by their boyfriend is going to be a, they're them doing their best is going to be a lot different yeah. than doing their best when everything in their life's going really well. So, uh, that's another big thing to be aware of. And I love that you brought that up DJ. Yeah. How do you guys examine yourself? V. I would say what helps me is to constantly go back to, okay, I don't have it all figured out. Like how you examine your own feelings or responses to certain scenarios and like, wait, could I have done that better? How did I, how did I do that? Because a lot of times we think, at least I do, like I know exactly the way everything works and how it should be. And so if everyone would just listen to me, it's like, you don't actually think that, but deep down you do. Mm And it's like, okay, maybe I don't have this all figured out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's our natural reaction to think, like, the world revolves around us. And, Mm -hmm. like, it just doesn't. It just straight up doesn't. And, like, when you can be like, okay, here's me existing in this world. And instead of, like, everyone's, like, revolving around you, we're all, like, revolving around each other at different times. And, like, being able to, like understand where your place is in that whole mix I think is like so important and we were talking about therapy earlier mm-hmm. or even just like having these conversations where you're examining I think it's so 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 healthy to be able to do that and to have people that you can do that with if you don't have friends that you can do it with I think a therapist like I think everybody can benefit from therapy because it's you like taking a seat outside of yourself and examining you and the reasons you do things and your childhood traumas and like all your stuff and being like oh the reason I'm so you know closed off to making new friends is because I was rejected in elementary school or like whatever but like learning how to examine that and like not get offended and not get hurt but be like okay I want to be better so what do I do to be better it's like it's so healthy and and I feel like not enough people actually take that journey I feel like it's becoming more common now to be like open about it 
but like I feel like not enough people take that journey to have that like to to turn and be like okay I'm gonna examine myself for a minute yeah it takes you away from the like victimized mindset and like okay this is when you can call something out like okay this is why I respond this way and when you see it like that you're not you're not going to have those same responses or triggers Mm -hmm. because you it's all out. It's exposed. Yeah. I think it's also tied into going back how people go through their experience. And most of us are constantly just reacting to life. And when you're constantly reacting to life, it's kind of hard to get any perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're not able to zoom out, then you miss, you miss seeing things that may be obvious, but, they're not obvious when you're zoomed in. So even like a video game, if you're playing a video game and you, and you keep dying at the same spot in the level and you over and over and over and you don't know why it's probably cause you're just so focused on that specific ending event. But if you would zoom out and, under, and like have more perspective, you realize you need to have like you sh- Mario should have grabbed three more mushrooms in that last level so that he came in with enough juice to <laughs> defeat the bad guy. But if you don't, come to that conclusion by zooming out and having some perspective on or in some awareness on the game, then you're constantly just dying on that level. And I think, I think that's life. And like, for me personally, a lot of my self-awareness starts with, uh, meditation, meditation and, and, and breath work have been practices that have allowed me to expand first and foremost, expand my awareness outside of myself. And then once I can look back and turn inward and, and really view and understand myself, uh, it's easier to grow. It's easier to, under, it's, it's helped me understand people. You know, like a lot of times I may feel like I'm right in this, in a conversation or an argument or a situation. And then, uh, in this meditation or this, this state of awareness, I realize like, Oh wow. Like you're such a dipshit. Like how did you not see that or, or, you know, recognize that in the moment, but you don't because you're just reacting. But now that I'm looking back, it's like, yeah. okay, cool. Like I'm aware of that. And I can, do a better job. You know, it's not about beating myself up and being like, Oh, you are such a bad person. It's just like, okay, Hey, like let's work on that. Yeah. You know? And it's like coaching yourself, like, cause no one's going to coach you. And so you, you got to, uh, you know, creating those habits I think are super important, but we don't, those aren't things we learn. Like you don't, there's no class on reflection. There's like, that's not part of our curriculum growing up. Yeah. Well, I think too, we're, we're animals at the end of the day, you know, and we, we operate based off of instinct and like becoming like your best self is actually like a process of like fighting your own instinct to react, like to react in anger or like you watch the way the animal, like animals are a little bit predictable sometimes because it's like they respond the way that their instincts tell them to. And like, if we did that all the time, we would, we would be in a lot of different places. Like humans. we do it a lot. Yeah. But like, we, that's, that's the default <laughs> right. is to do that. And it's like almost like working out to train yourself to not like be triggered or to have these responses and like, everyone's going to mess up. Everyone's going to have their stuff, but like understanding that like, well, that's survival mode. Exactly. That's living in a, that's a whole different state of mind. When you're, when you're constantly triggered, you're living out of like your basic survival mode, but which is why we still, which is why I'm like, that's pretty much where society's still at, which is why we're still warring and racism and sexism and whatever else. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a whole another conversation kind of like, you know, living out of your heart versus out of 
uh, your lizard brain. Exactly. The like just, brain, like we're, we're, we're just, pa- the reality is like, we all like talk about how, you know, we're just trying to survive. Oh, how you doing, man? You know, just survive. And it's like, bro, no one is just sur- like, if you, especially if you live in America, yeah. like you're not, no one is just like surviving. Like I understand that some people have it way better than others, but like pretty much everyone has some form of drywall over their head, some form of electricity, some form of water and some form of food. Yeah. Uh, it's better than it's ever been, you know? And so at some point we have to evolve as, as a, as a species to yeah. a different, uh, default mode. I, I think like knowing how you work too is such a like valuable asset for you. Like if you're wanting to be like a creator, like everyone has their, everyone has their stuff. Everyone has their handicap. They have their like thing that, could hold them back potentially. And like knowing that about yourself and understanding, like for me personally, like I work in cycles and there's times where I'm like crazy productive and usually it's like under pressure and like with chaos and all that stuff. And I think it's probably cause I have ADHD and like it, that makes sense to me. But then when it's like quiet and there's like not as much going on, it's like really hard for me to get anything done. And like, I can almost operate better when it, there's a mi- it's a million miles an hour because that's like my brain's like default. And so I have to learn how I've learned that about myself now, but I didn't always know that. And I like struggled through school, struggled through all of these things. But like, if you can learn how to leverage that as an asset, like there's a lot of like really successful people that have ADHD, but it's because they're like, okay, this is how I operate. And I know I can be more productive than like three people when I'm in, but like when I'm out, I'm like, useless and so i'm like okay how do i manage that and how do i work with that and like maybe develop that but also just like that's that's part of who i am and so how do i leverage that as a strength and so but that didn't come without like failing and being like okay why am i like this and even going to therapy like i learned some of that in therapy too that's really good sorry that you're <laughs> that you're still gonna that go <laughs> no i love that so i guess what might be some some good byproducts of working on your self awareness? I, I I personally think that most things fall without awareness, and I think that's why our society is facing so many challenging moments right now is because of a, a, a collective lack of awareness. Yeah. I think companies are struggling yeah. because they have a lack of awareness as yeah. well. Uh, when it comes to building things and doing things like I I always grew up being very, uh, self sustaining, like Mm -hmm. everything was me. Like I had to do it my way. I had to make it for myself. I had to, I just kind of grew up that way with a lot of pressure. So I was the kid who always felt like I had to just do it all myself. I couldn't rely on anyone else because at the end of the day, all I can rely on is me. I didn't grow up with like parents being like, Oh, you should collaborate. And it's all about teamwork and it's all about connecting with people. Um, and so I was the kid in a group project who would just bulldoze the project and then people would just kind of jump in and and help out where they could. Uh, but I would just drive the thing. And as I, as I got older and became more self-aware, um, and it's allowed me to not only, it's not, it's not only helped with the business here, but it's helped, like tons of friends and families, businesses and lives and and various things. And, and it's all about viewing life from a different standpoint. So instead of looking at how do we get this project done and what can I do? It's like, who are the best people for this project? How do we, you know, and if we're more observant, like 
the reality is like, yeah, you may have some defaults, you know, some, some, some things that aren't the prettiest about you, DJ. And, 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 and I may have some things that aren't the prettiest about myself and same thing with Vieira. But at the end of the day, we have these strengths, mm-hmm. you know, and I try to look at like, who cares about people's weaknesses? I can look, I, I used to like, let like sit on people's weaknesses and beat that up and be like, why aren't they like this? Why aren't they like this? And it's because, it, because that's just not who they are. They like, they have a personality and they have, they're, they're made up a certain way. So my goal isn't my, my job isn't to, to sit here and try to force someone to be something else by being more aware. I can analyze, okay, well, what is their superpower Sweet. So where do they plug in? How do we, how do we make our team more efficient? How do we make these projects more efficient? How do we crush it? How do we make our business more unique uh, or whatever it may be? And I think when people and even friendships and stuff, you'll start noticing like, everyone kind of like is like a brick in a wall and like we all you'll notice like within larger groups that everyone kind of fulfills like a certain role and you'll yep. you'll find it very rare that you have like duplicates of of, of certain type of people you know and if you yep. do have a duplicate they often don't last long they cancel and, each other out yeah it's so true it's so true like have you ever gone into a thing and you're like there's someone who's just like me and you're like what <laughs> you're like, you won't be here for very long. <laughs> There's or, only one. Oh yeah, <laughs> there can only be one. No, I I agree. Like like what you're saying. Like I think there's like puzzle pieces. That that's like the challenge. I think for us with creative work, it's like every create. It's like a big puzzle, and we're trying to solve it like a, a creative problem or like a project, whatever. And it's like there's pieces that that fit in a certain way, but then within that, like each person is their own puzzle piece too, and they have like these complexities or like stuff that they deal with and like all of this stuff. And so you have to know how to work with this individual piece, but then how does this individual piece fit within the larger puzzle? Mm -hmm. And it's like a very interesting creative challenge to do that for me. That's like something that I love because I love psychology and like understanding people. And I think that so much of like, so much of that comes like understanding how to put these, this puzzle together comes from understanding people and like, if we spent more time to understand people, like we could solve business problems like so much more effectively for sure. And we, and we realize patterns. Yeah. So like, I have a friend who's got a, a friend who's going through some, has a mental illness right now and he's been caught up in reacting and we've had conversations about how it's tough to, when you're in the eye of the storm with people, you don't, you can't learn anything. And yet it's hard to, because you're just like, you're just drowning too. And you're just reacting, 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 reacting. But if you can, if you can be more aware of what's happening and really observe, you know, like almost like the scientific method, like really observe what's going on. Then we become more aware of when other friends are having these patterns. So like I might, so the difference between me reacting is like, I'm with a friend and they're giving me all the signs that they have like, mental illness or depression and I have and I'm oblivious because I wasn't aware of the last five friends that went through that but if I was observing and I was aware I had a certain sense of awareness I might notice patterns in people to where I'm like holy cow like hey has anyone talked to David at all I haven't really seen him I'm like okay cool I'm gonna hit him up and tell him let's go on a hike because I think you know I think he might need someone he might be going through some things based on these few actions I saw and the lack of like his demeanor, he's not hanging out with friends. He's normally hanging out with whatever it may be. And we become more aware. And I think as a society, as we, as we all bring up our awareness, we collectively start a, not only be able to, to, to fulfill the be, you know, be your brother's keeper. You can really fulfill that because we're a lot more aware of, of what's going on. Um, 
but I think we, we solve solutions much more quickly as a society. And I think society that really brings, starts to bring back that connectivity because we're aware and we become yeah. more present with each other. And, and that's, that's really, I feel like where we're heading just yeah. takes some time. Yeah. I think too, something to know is like, it's, it's so important to take care of yourself too. Like you can't, if you don't know how to swim, you can't save someone that's drowning. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like the oxygen mask thing. They're like, put on your oxygen mask first so that you can help other people. Cause if you're about to pass out, like you're not gonna be able to help anybody. And if you're, you're just gonna, it's not worth like drowning too. And so I think it's important. This is where self-awareness comes in is to know where your wounds are or to know where you're healing. Or how to so, give. Exactly. How? And know when to cut people off too, because there's some, like there's just some people who will like pull, 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 and maybe they don't understand. Maybe they are drowning. And like, but if you're like, Hey, I'm not a strong swimmer right now. Or like, I didn't eat all day. And I feel lightheaded and like, I need to save myself right now. And I think that's okay. It's good to be there for people. It's also good to know like where these boundaries are because people will take you down, pull you under and like in an effort to save themselves. And like, it's okay to do that. But knowing like, okay, I need to come back to this stronger or I need to come back to this with like a different mindset or like when I need to, I need to revisit this situation when I'm not actively being hurt by this person. Right. Well, even, even that sense of awareness though, with awareness, without awareness, you have no idea that someone's using you. Yeah. You know, your son might be abusing you for your money. He's 30, 39. Like, see, I know people like this, like, you know, like they're not, they're not my friends, but they're like, I'm aware of these people that are 43 and live with mom and dad. And like, and you know, and they just, constantly using their parents or whatever it may be in this way. But once you become aware of that, if you have a certain sense of awareness, you understand when someone's just leeching onto you and you might actually be like, okay, like I need to push that friend away or keep that person at a distance. I never really realized before. I just loved them so much that I was constantly, you know, showing up for these things. But now I'm realizing they're just taking advantage of me. Yeah. And I, I personally put that aside for a long time because it is uncomfortable to sit with yourself sometimes. Like when it's, when things are tough, Mm -hmm. like it's hard to be alone and like learning how to listen to your thoughts and like not cope, not do things to cope, but actually just to sit in a thought or to sit in a feeling and like think through it, like work through it is, is so important because when you understand yourself, then you understand how like you relate to other people. And yeah, we have some, we have some tips on like, these are just like random thoughts on how to, how to become more self-aware, how to like, just, just like look inward. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys want to run through those real quick? Yeah. (laughs) Let me open them up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, journaling is a huge one. Yeah. Uh, Meditation is a huge one. Yeah. Uh, daily self-reflection, I think, is a, is a huge one. I think actually setting goals is a big one. I think people, it's hard to have a sense of awareness if you don't know where you are. Yeah. And so. Well, and I think even just boiling it down, like back to the basics of take a personality text, test, do the Myers-Briggs and just read through it because you're going to get a way better understanding of, oh, this is why I react this way. Or these yeah. are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. How can I utilize my weaknesses, that's like a really good place to start yep. if you haven't taken that test yet. Yeah. Even friends. Personalities.com. We are yes. not sponsored. Use code AOV. Friends. Uh, friends. At checkout. Friends is a good one too. Like if you, I mean, there are certain questions you can ask yourself 
uh, you know, like what have, what have I been complimented on like my whole life? Yeah. What are these? And you'll start realizing these things. Like you ask yourself those types of questions and you're like, wow, everyone's always told me that I'm uh, a phenomenal drawer or painter or that I'm really funny or whatever it may be. And you realize like, you may have never thought of yourself as a comedian, but when you start asking yourself those types of questions, you realize like, I am like, I'm the funny guy. Like everyone else knows me as the funny guy, but I don't even think, you know, I'm funny or whatever it may be. And so that's another, I think great option as well. Yeah. So one of the things that, that jumped out to me as I was reading about this is like paying attention to what bothers you about other people. Um, I think it's really, really easy to like point the finger and be like, that annoys me. Like in this situation I was talking about at the beginning, it's the exact same thing. Like I was like, this frustrates me. This makes me angry. And there was like a point where I was just like, meh, 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 meh. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Like that inconsistency and that like thing that I see that makes me so angry, it makes me angry because it's like a wound that I'm it's like a covering. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> they shine a mirror in your the face. The reason that resonates so deep is because it's deep in me and I'm trying to like cover it up. And like I literally the second I realized that, I was like, cool like that's that doesn't affect me anymore like it doesn't hurt like it just went away so that's like a good default mode deal to work on is the moment you're triggered if something triggers you there's a 90 something percent chance that it's triggering you because uh it's something that you dislike about yourself yeah it's oftentimes a a, a reflection yeah which is why certain you know you meet someone sometimes and you just can't stop butting heads with them and it's because it's like yeah you're like arguing with yourself (laughs) no and it's good and bad too it's Mm -hmm. like the things that like sometimes attract you to another person are like we resonate on this level and like on the opposite it's like a pride thing it's like you see it in someone else and you're like i hate that i hate that and you're like i hate it because that's me and i hate that about me too yeah so like i don't know it's just it's it's a good way it's it's like a first i would say it's like a first step if you see something that really frustrates you about someone else like look inward and be like, is that something in me? Is that a wound that I'm like kind of nursing or like hiding from the world? And can I deal with that? Yep. Yeah. And, and, and through self-awareness, you realize that friends are a phenomenal tool as far as becoming more aware. Yeah. You know, you can learn a ton through your friendships, through things like that. If you're, you know, if you're aware and doing that self-reflection. Yeah. Okay. Another one is reading more fiction or like watching movies like basically understanding like story arcs and how characters develop over time. I think it's a really like good way for your subconscious to check out and see someone else's journey. Like when you're reading a book, the reason that like you get into the mindset of the character or you like feel what the character feels or any of that stuff is because like you're, you're like, it's kind of like what you're talking about. You're like zooming out and oops, drop my phone uh you're zooming out and you see another character's like story developing and it helps you like like self-assess or like just understand like okay this character is about to do something or this is about to happen and then you see those things in your own life and you're like okay how can how can i make changes to be more like the main character of my own life which i i never was like a fiction person until like more recently i still don't really like watch tv or movies or anything like that but I started adding in like fiction books just to like, like spark imagination. And like, you start to like run through all these scenarios in your head. And it just, I just think fiction is a very powerful tool for creativity. Um, but also self-awareness. 
Cool. <laughs> I was just trying to think if I had anything on the fiction thing. Yeah. Because uh, I think that's a, I mean, A, that's a interesting take. It's yeah. a unique take. I like that take. It's original. Yeah. I like that. Um, okay, this one is funny because I feel like a lot of people do this and then they get their feelings hurt. Um, so asking for feedback and then also taking it well. So like, I feel like most people just don't even ask for feedback because they're like, yeah, if I did a bad, like a lot of times, you know, if you did a bad job, like, you know, you did a bad job, but also like the flip side of that is like, if you actually want to get better, like a lot of people will ask for feedback or they'll be like, Hey, look at this thing. Like I used to do like portfolio reviews for, for college students and they'd be like, they know something's bad. Like there was this girl one time who everyone in the class did a project for a peanut butter. It was like a branding project for a peanut butter thing. She like couldn't find for whatever reason like a peanut butter jar to like mock up her branding. And so she did it on a honey jar. And like everyone else was able to find a peanut butter jar. They like photoshopped one or whatever. And she like knew it was bad. And so I'm like, hey, like everything looks great. Like this makes sense, blah, blah, blah. But and she like knew what I was gonna say and like cut me off. It was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know I already know what you're gonna say, but like I couldn't find a peanut butter jar anywhere online and blah 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 blah. And I was like, well, you know, like everyone else in your class was able to do it. And like, it sounds to me like you just like got lazy or like, like everyone else could do it. Like there's, there's, there's the possibilities there, but she like knew it was bad and like was there for feedback. Like it was a voluntary like feedback session, but was like, I don't want you to talk about that thing because that's like, I couldn't find a solution for that. And I was like, that's really weird. But also like, I feel like people do that. Like, and so being open to feedback and I think I think being able to give critical feedback and also receive critical feedback is such like an important part. That's like the one piece about college that like kind of makes me bummed that I didn't go is you learn a lot of like critical like how to have those conversations about work. Mm-hmm. And so like when you ask for feedback, like you should ask people who know how to how to give feedback and it's not personal when someone's giving you feedback it's not like they don't like you they don't like your work like it's not like it's someone insulting your baby right. it's like it's like they're they're sharpening you to help make you better and sometimes that hurts i think so two parts on that to continue um i love what you got going on there uh i think to add to that that it goes back to what we were talking about earlier reacting and so when someone's giving you feedback and instead of being uh, just aware and observant and just letting that sit, there's no, like, that's the whole point of feedback. Feedback doesn't, doesn't cause, doesn't call for a reaction. You know, you don't need to react to the feedback. Just yeah. take the feedback. Feedback's something you take home. It's like a, yeah. it's like a to-go plate. There is, you don't eat it at the restaurant. You take that home yeah. and you either throw it away because it's not good when you get home or you savor it or, and it's, or it's the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. When it comes to feedback, I, I also think if you're going to ask for feedback, it's important to ask good questions because I think I think most people are qualified for feedback if they have experience in, in, in the thing, whatever you're asking the feedback in. But I hate when people are like, yo, check this out. What's your feedback? And I'm like, okay, well, do you want my feedback from a story standpoint, from a, from a sound standpoint, from a color? St- There's so many perspectives. And so I hate giving yeah. bland feedback. It's like what... You're showing me this thing. Do you want feedback on the design, on the flow, on the usability? And so I think for feedback too, it's, it's good to, and I think if someone asks you 
you know, for feedback on something, it's, it's probably better to ask for a more direct question. Like, okay, like what type of feedback that way you're getting, for sure. you know, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And, and with clients and stuff like you, even in life, just client work, life, whatever. I feel like you can direct like feedback. If you're trying to get better, like you can help direct, you can be like, Hey, I want to get better in this area. What are, what are some weaknesses that you see? like areas where I could get better. And like on the flip side, when you're giving feedback, there's like the, uh, the feedback sandwich, which is like you find two things that are good and then you find something that needs improvement and you sandwich them together. And that's mostly like, I try and do that. They, they taught us that when we were doing these like portfolio reviews, but I try and do that anyways. Cause it's really easy. If you just like come right out of the gate with like, here's what needs to improve. Here's this, here's this, here's what I see. Like, it can it hurts people's feelings because they obviously work hard on on what they're doing but if you can be like here's the good in this here's an area that can improve and like here's a little bit more good like there's all, there's good in any creative work like even if it's just like oh i like that you use the color blue i've seen some pretty terrible creative <laughs> for work. sure so have i but like <laughs> you can always find something that's good and and i think it helps people it like kind of preps them to receive feedback to be like oh like i i can tell that you were intentional about this the typography is all over the place or like you know we just did this the other day where you were like hey the 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 line lengths should be shorter but like the overall design is great and then like here's three things you can fix and then you're headed in the right direction and like the perfect feedback sandwich and it was very well received so that's yeah. that's all that's what we're about here at AOV is just packaging <laughs> up those perfect feedback Sanders. sandwiches right. and just sending them and they're always well received. They're eaten and, and they're always a delight. Yeah. <laughs> eating well, you know. We're eating well over here. So we're, like, we got zoomed in tied on feedback, but I love it though. Yeah, for sure. I had something, but it's a little off scale, off topic, possibly. So I'll let you finish. All right. Do you want to go there? Yeah. I'm well. I'm curious, like. So we're talking about being self-aware and we're talking about puzzle pieces. And I think with you guys being creatives and our audience being creatives, I feel like it's a really cool, unique opportunity. I feel like creatives that have self-awareness have much higher odds of basically achieving what they want and creating the life they want. Because when you add creativity with self-awareness, you can, you can design solutions to what you want. But I think the missing factor is the self-awareness. So if you want to be this or you want to do that or you want to go about doing these things, but you're not, you're just constantly reacting. Like you were talking about tests. You were talking about how people find it hard to, they say they want to achieve certain things, but they don't have time in the day for sleep or they don't have enough time to read or they want to be healthier, but they don't have time to work out or whatever it may be. Then I think creative people that have self-awareness can, can move much faster than people that aren't creative that do have self-awareness. I think it's much harder for them to, to figure out how to get creative, to make more time and to, to, to design a path forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you know, if you understand how you work, if you're like, when I jump into a logo project, I need four hours of just like thinking time, then you can structure your day around that. But if you don't know that that's what you need, then you could literally be like banging your head against the wall or like just if you jump right into sketching, but sketching isn't where the idea comes. Like you can be starting off on the wrong foot. You have to know like how you work before you can do great work. Right. And I think that's where that's where process, right? Well, that's where process comes into effect. And that's like, you can always tell professional from an amateur in that standpoint. It's like, Hey, 
how long and how much would it cost to take to do a logo? Yeah. And they can tell you a budget range and a time frame and, and, and an idea of what that looks like versus someone who might start at drawing and this and it's all over the place and there's no where uh, you may have some type of structure to, you know, hey, it takes me half a day to probably come up with an idea. It's going to take me another half a day to draw it up. So that's one day. Then it's going to take prototyping. Eh, I could probably have something in four days. Yep. But that's a design yep. in itself. Well, it's like this constant, like looking at how you work, structuring how you work around like what you do best. And like once you know that, it's really easy but I think that a lot of people struggle through and sometimes you just like strike gold and like randomly you're like, oh, this thing worked and like pay attention to those like wins because that's that's how you should structure like your life and your creative work. I think that like it's yeah, it it's hard to work if you don't know how you work and creativity. There's like not like a rule book and every artist, every right. creative person is different for commercial work. Obviously like you have to work to get paid, but it's like understanding how creatives work is like, it's kind of jazz sometimes. And like, I, I personally love that. Cause like, you know, sometimes I need to like play guitar for an hour when I'm like thinking about a problem and that helps me work through it. And sometimes I need to go for a mountain bike ride and like, I've kind of learned that about myself and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? I can feel now, when I'm approaching a creative problem or like coming up to something that I need to do, I can feel that I need to do something, but I don't always know what it is. And so I'm like, okay, I just need like some space here. I need like a breath. And then I can like figure out that thing. And then I'm like, okay, I need to go for mountain bike ride and that'll help me clear my head. And then I can come back and I can just like knock out all these things. Mm -hmm. But before, like when I was working like a nine to five job, that just like did not work for me at all. Right. Like I was, I was a mess. Well, I mean, creativity itself is creativity and collaboration isn't necessarily like a linear process. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't have to have a process. Yep. So whether you so whether you start with the brainstorm and then you go into sketching, or that you start with computerized renders and then you go to sketching and then you go to brainstorm and then you go to research, yep. it doesn't matter in which steps you take. There is that's creativity. It's all about breaking the rules. But there should be some type of there should be building blocks of some type of structure there to to help achieve those results. Even even jazz like jazz breaks the rules all the time, but it always resolves. So that's like the one thing with jazz is like it always comes back to like where it's supposed to be. And like you can go and you can freestyle and you can do your thing. But then it like comes to this like middle ground where it's like, OK, we're back to the rules now. And then it like breaks magic. the rules again. Yeah, there's like you leave room for that magic and like you ha you almost have to like i feel like great work comes from that place where there's like a little bit of jazz and like the most like powerful creative people i know are kind of like that too like they're they are structured but then it's also like there's this place where they just are doing wild things and that's where the idea is and there's like the magic piece to 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 that too so from a work standpoint what might be like three ways for like a working creative someone who's video editing getting paid to, like let's stick with our audience they're either mostly creating videos or taking images uh capturing images what might be like three ways that yeah that they could become more self-aware that would help them from a professional standpoint yeah I, it's funny i actually just talked to a guy this week about this who's like shooting a bunch and he's like i hate what i'm doing but like I have to do it for money 
and but I'm not being creative and I'm not I know I'm not doing my best work and I think number one would be create more white space so like if let's say you're shooting like a lot of real estate but you actually want to be shooting portraits like secure the bag first so make sure that you're making money and like able to pay your bills and like not struggling once you do that like create systems to get better at that so that you can make your money but then have room to be creative because if you're like worried about money all the time there's no room to be creative so i would say like create white space and then i would say identify your um like mentors or role models or people that you want to be like um and not to say that you have to like copy them or anything like that but like know the direction that you want to go um and like clearly define that on paper probably um and then the last one i would say be willing to work i think a lot of people expect that stuff's gonna like fall in their lap or projects will just happen and like any good project or anything that's like really cool happens because somebody like gave a shit about it enough to like go the extra mile or to be like all the weight of this project is going to be on me. And so we're going to make it great. And so be willing to be that person. And like, it won't always have to be that way, but especially in the beginning, like you have to create momentum. Um, so yeah. So white space, be willing to work. And then whatever that other one was. <laughs> <laughs> mentors, identify your mentors. Yes. Mentors. Yeah. What about, do you possibly have any questions? Like let's, let me give you an example. So I'm, I'm Prince. I just got done editing this North face edit and I'm watching my own video. What are some ways that I could be more aware? Like what, what might be a good question to ask myself? Like, you know, like Prince, is this your best work? Like, is that a question that would be worth asking myself? Yeah, for sure. You know, what are some, I guess, how can you become the first filter for sure or a better filter? Number one, number one thing, especially if you're doing this for a client, does this solve the client's problem? Because a really amazing edit, something that makes you feel something and gives you the chills and like looks great might not solve the client's problem. And so to the client, that piece of work is worthless, right? But a basic ass video that solves their problem could be worth it's it's jackpot for them. So the first filter is does so the question should be does this meet the criteria? Yeah, does which it, is does it solve the problem? Is it the right specs? Is exactly. it the right color? Like did it check off all the things that it was supposed to do? Yep. Love yep. that. That's where I would start. Secondly, I would just like I think it's really easy to fall in love with your own ideas. Like mm-hmm. you have an idea and you're like, "Oh, that's the greatest thing ever." And like you start to like like it more and more and you think about it all the time and you're like, dang, that video was so good that I did. And like and and you like you almost have to like be willing to like put it out on the street to like to make it better. And it's like okay to do that. It's okay to let it go. Like my one of my like creative mentors, she had this saying that was like kill the warm puppies. And like, it's like this, this idea that feels good and like seems right. And it's usually your first idea most of the time, um, that you're like, yes, I'm in love with that. And that's my thing. And like, no one can tell me any different because it's my baby. Like you have to be willing to let that stuff go to get to like greater and better. And, and a lot of times I'll just like throw out ideas Mm -hmm. and like, 
it's okay to do that. It's okay to like toss something away. Nothing should be precious, especially with client work. But even in your own like art, like you evolve because you're willing to like to do that. I want to say it's like Da Vinci. Like they were like going through like different layers of like paintings that he had done. And there was literally like whole worlds underneath the, the painting that you saw. Right. They were like, it was sketch after sketch after sketch. Sometimes it was a landscape with a portrait and then another thing. And he would just like erase or just like straight up just paint right over it because it's like, he's throwing away that thing. He's like, okay, cool. One idea leads to this idea, leads to this idea, leads to this idea. And especially when you're collaborating with people, like things hopefully elevate and get better and better. But if you're still hung up on that very first idea, like it's never going to get better than that first step. Love it. Yeah. So good. You got anything to add there, V? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. One more, one, well, we got a couple more tips on self-awareness, but I think traveling is like such a powerful like piece to that. Why? Do you want to hit on this V first? You travel a lot. Do I have to become more self-aware and like help. Why traveling? I think getting away from your your own world. Yeah. Whether that's like traveling an hour outside of town and sitting in a lawn chair in the river in nature, yeah, (laughs) and just reflecting, like giving yourself space, putting the phone away. I think traveling a lot of times why it affects has affected me so much. Is because there's no service. You're mm. not in your everyday life, so you can't handle things right away. Uh, you can't like necessarily get on emails. So, so you're a lot of the distractions have fallen away, and then you're just seeing different cultures, different people. Even if it's in Idaho City, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. from there to Uganda, like on the islands of Lake Victoria, yeah. <laughs> like you really see people um, and can communicate with them. And I just feel like it gives you perspective and i know that's so generic but it's just true it's so true yeah i i to play off of what you said v um i'll paint a picture for you guys so i feel like people we're all we're all like these we're in these like wildlife habitats right we don't even realize it we're inside of a zoo that has glass walls but inside of the zoo there's food there's other animals to hang out with there's water there's all these 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 things that we need and it's really easy to get stuck in these patterns and there's not really much need for me to ever leave my habitat but when i do decide to leave my habitat and i travel somewhere else it's like holy cow it's a whole new world a whole new experience it's like you you know we've left the fishbowl we've left the the ball and chain and now we're in the mountains and people dress like this in the mountains and they speak this way and they use these words because their whole culture is different than how we live down in the desert or whatever it may be. And I think that, you know, to, to play off what you said, V is, is the real beautiful part of about traveling is it truly does give you a completely unique perspective from a, uh, it allows you to get outside of your environment and experience a new environment. Yeah. I think it's such a pattern disruptor. Like to what you're saying, Prince, like it, it messes with your flow in a good way. And it makes you realize Mm -hmm. like, okay, the way that I do things, there's people who do things differently. There's people who have different challenges. There's people who like would never think the way that I think. And then also like, like seeing people do things differently. I remember, uh, I was driving through 
we did this like van tour through like South America and it was so funny because we were like stopping all these different villages and they all had like these weird like fashion things and I saw it like evolve so like some people wore like high like cropped pants with like socks underneath and then some people wore like flip flops and then some people had like the little like the braids on the sides with like hats and it was so funny like all of these villages had their like fashion thing that they did Mm -hmm. and like it made me realize I'm like wow these people are so different but also like we're all kind of the same too like we do that stuff like people in LA dress this way and people in New York dress this way and they do these things and they act this way and like looking at those patterns in people helps you understand yourself but it's just it's really cool to see like the more I've traveled the more I, I realize people are very different but also like humans are the same and we have very similar like desires and wants and things that we like need Mm. and it helps you understand like the psychology of people i think more than anything else um so travel more yeah allows you to appreciate all the different flavors for sure humans are like tacos yeah you know (laughs) for sure that was my go-to uh in africa by the way is i just put everything in tacos because i didn't know what i was eating most of the time and i'm like if it's in a taco then it, it feels, feels like safe. home. Exactly. Feels safe. I took this picture of like a bunch of crickets in a taco. Um, it's like we're eating cricket or grasshoppers. And I was like, okay, as long as it's in a taco, I'm good. We'll That's be good. so funny. Yeah. Just don't think about it. There's an analogy there. For sure. Somewhere. Um, okay. Another tip on learning to be more self-aware is being okay with sucking at something or like being bad at something. Um, I think it helps you, it puts you on the spot in a way that makes you forget your default, like p- pattern behaviors, kind of the same way that traveling does. Like when you're traveling to a new place, like you're a noob, like you don't know what might happen you're next. You're <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And same thing with like trying something new. It's like, you don't know what to expect next. You don't know the, the defaults in this scenario. And so it kind of puts you in this place where you're like, oh, oh, what do I do next? What's happening? And like growth, I think requires that. Yeah. Being the fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just get some lungs fish. Mm, that was deep, bro. <laughs> Keep going with that one. Well, it's true. I like that. Yeah. I, I got nothing else. <laughs> I mean, that's how are you eating a muffin? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> that's why he wants me to keep talking about it. I love that. That looks like a good muffin too. I'm super. No, I'm not. Little, yeah. yeah it is good. I'm glad I got this this morning. V. Oh, no, I'm good. Thank oh, you. Yeah. From the district, huh? Yep. God, their muffins slap. Dude, they're they on point. They look like they slap. Yeah. Okay. Last thing on self awareness. I think it's really important to be okay with sitting in discomfort mm. and to not default to your coping me- mechanisms. And like, sometimes you don't understand what your coping mechanisms are. That's why I think therapy is so important, but it's like, <laughs> I'm like, my coping mechanism is taking a nap. <laughs> if I'm feeling <laughs> bogged down, I'm like, just sleep. Just go to sleep. I think like, I'm, I think I'm the same. The best Can't option. be sad when you're asleep. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I'd rather just not be like Talk in this good. existence right out. now, which is like not smart. Yeah. I mean, if you know that about yourself though, you can leverage it in a healthy way. I've been taking some aminos lately just to like power through like how you were talking about earlier about when you sometimes you just need to push yourself. Yeah. Like to get the you need to get the momentum started. Yeah. 
Um, and a lot of times, anytime there's chaos in my life, it's because I have a lot going on, whether it's emotionally work related, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when I feel bogged down, my immediate reaction is not to work through it. It's like, yeah. just take a Sleep. nap. It'll still be there when you wake up, but you might feel a little bit better. Yeah. But lately I've just been like, no power through, yeah. drink another cup of coffee. Yeah. And then it, it's good. It gets your momentum going and you push through. Yeah. Cause I, I think lately I've been having the thoughts of like, I don't want to waste this day. Why would I just try and get through? Like, no, just like utilize this day, Mm -hmm. squeeze the juice out of every minute. And then that keeps me going. Like how many movies have you seen where the main character takes a nap right in the middle of the story? Oh, right. Yeah. None. It never happens. Main characters attack life. And that's, you know, that's my, um, personality type i'm the protagonist yeah so sometimes i actually have to be like you are the this is up to you yeah you're the protagonist. you're a bad bitch <laughs> <laughs> i don't go that far oh, sorry. <laughs> i'm just kidding um yeah i think okay it's like the the coping thing i see a lot of people like i mean you see this a lot when you travel too like when you get taken out of your comfort zone like people kind of freak out and i love watching it like i love to see it because i think <laughs> that like it's like a baby with their binky it's like that's their comfort, that's their home, and like, but it's a baby. Like DJ with his taco shell. Exactly. It's like me. <laughs> that, that was my tacos. That was my comfort in that space. But like, eventually, the baby has to get rid of its binky, and like, if they always use that for comfort, like you don't see like twenty-five-year-olds with a binky because they've found ways to like cope and deal with life other ways. And I think that like, it, knowing what your coping mechanism is and being like, is that healthy? Is this good? I know this is my default, but do I need to do this? Like, does drinking to forget my problems, like, serve me? Probably not. Or, like, does partying or even just, like, calling up people and being like, hey, let's hang out. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like, especially when you have stuff to do. Like, if it's not serving you, but you know it's your default, Mm. like, until you know that and understand it, like, you can't change it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how I'm just thinking. That was really good. Sorry. I'm just thinking through it. So if you don't know it. How how can we so when someone's sitting in like reflection or something, how do how does someone become aware that they may have the problem? I mean, it's always thematic, right? So if you're like watching yourself like, oh, every time this happens, mm-hmm. I get this way. Like yeah. this we work in cycles. So mm-hmm. right, don't you feel like it's pretty easy to self diagnose? So and if not, sometimes. maybe talk to a coworker, talk to whether it's work related or not. Yeah. Or like a friend. A, your prob- your significant other probably really I, could yeah. diagnose you. That might not be healthy. But. <laughs> I, I think noticing if you're doing something that you that, like noticing the way that you feel after you do something, I think is so important. Like yes. after you hang out with a person and you're like, I kind of feel like shit after I hang out with that person. <laughs> or like if you're like, um, you know, I've been going out drinking a lot or I've been doing this thing a lot or I've been like whatever it is. Then Which you're like, makes me wake up at. 11 a.m. the exactly. next day. Then I feel like but then you backtrack. Then I don't work out. But then you backtrack and you're like, you know, I've been feeling like pretty low lately. And like that, those times are like where I feel good. And you're like, <clears throat> okay, well, like that's probably a problem. Like you're probably coping with the low by like doing these crazy things. Or maybe you just want to feel something. And you're like, I do something hella reckless, which is, this is my default. Like I'll, I'll if I'm like feeling like down or like whatever I'm like I need to do something like wild and like I'll just do something super crazy and then it's like not always healthy but so so the healthy way to cope with that is to be like okay mountain biking is something that I can control like I can control my speed 
I can whatever. I'm wearing a helmet though, and I'm safe, and it's not so reckless that I could die. Um, so that's like a controlled way to cope in that way, where I still get that like adrenaline rush, but it's not me like you know going 100 miles an hour on the freeway or just like whatever doing something <laughs> like reckless in that sense. And so like I recognize that about myself. I'm like I've been doing a lot of just like crazy. Like, things where I could get hurt or, like, you know, whatever. You just bought a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> I did just buy a motorcycle, but I'm super safe. Uh, Mom? What? I think I'm a practical exercises girl. Yeah. So, I think that a nice practical thing that, I mean, I want to do this after this podcast, but the other people could do is write down whether it's, like, within the last year or six months, what was the worst day that you had? Mm. Usually you can kind of, or, like, moment, whatever. Yeah. If you write down, like, kind of what happened in that 24 hours and mm. then think of your best day. Yeah. Like, when you felt so awesome and on top of it, what happened? And usually it's, like, pretty clear Yeah. what maybe th- some things that you should remove that happened in your worst day and things yep. that you should be adding <clears throat> to your everyday life. Yep. I agree. I think ask for, for why, too. Why is a big one. Yeah. Mm. I know for me it always comes back to structure. Like, if I have a, a well-structured morning or evening or morning and evening uh i like consistency even though i hate it i shouldn't say i, I shouldn't say i like it i need consistency yeah, same. it's not it's not that i it's not that i love consistency I'm, I'm a lot more randomized which is why i have to have the consistent uh routine because when the routine is consistent i notice that like life is just flowing and everything goes so well but the moment i get out of that routine i start and I get to a point, and it's so funny. I always come back. I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Why do I? Why am I more uptight? Yeah. Why did I snap at this person? Or why did I feel short? Or why did I just feel like not like I didn't have energy today? And then I look back, and I'm like, whoa, you haven't been meditating. You haven't been working out. Like you, meditating. you basically have dropped your morning routine, and you've just been getting up and going, or whatever it may be. And it's like, and it's always for me. It's like almost always the same. Yeah. And I'm just like, cool. Get back on that horse. Yeah. Get back on that horse. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy to default. We're human. Yeah. And like you get away from the path and you're like, why am I here? What's going on? But like being willing to like be like, okay, I messed up. Things are weird. I can admit that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get back to like what the things that you know and like your core values. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that right now. Yeah. I feel attacked. I'm just kidding. That's all folks. (laughs) So on the next episode of Creator Clubhouse Therapy Edition, we'll be talking about how, what was it, DJ? Came in real strong there. Yeah, with muffin in mouth. Yeah, full muffin. He went full muffin on that one. Content. Let's do it. Someone else. I got content, bro, because I've been watching The Chosen. Sick. Fire. I was going to use that one. Fire. Don't you, V. I'm not. You told me about it. So my content of the week is The Chosen, which is a extremely well-produced film. I should say series. It's an ongoing series, and it's the story of Jesus. And it is independently shot. It's crowdfunded, and the cinematography is really awesome um, for you creatives, and whether you're into Jesus or not, like is besides the fact, but the film itself, like if you just enjoy cinema, it's a really beautiful film and the cinematography is amazing. Some of the scenes in there, the shots, the colors, just everything about it. Um, 
it's super inspiring and it's just a it's a great flick and I've been having a really good time watching it. Sadly, I've gotten to the end of season two and I'm waiting for the thirtieth, which I think is Wednesday for the next episode. But I bulldoze through those; they're really good. It'll hey, and this too. It'll bring you to your tears. I would tears, love tears. if, if, if it, it, it'll it'll straight to your tears. it'll bring you straight to your knees and your eyes will be full of tears. Uh, if you do end up watching it and you do cry, let me know at Wonder Boy Prince. If you don't cry, <laughs> let me know at Wonder Boy Prince <laughs> so I can block you. <laughs> no, he <laughs> doesn't kidding. mean it. Blocked. But no, it's I seriously, cried the it's first emotional. Because it gives you a completely different perspective of yeah. stories that you've heard or read and don't really. It's hard to put visuals to that. And so when it they do it in such a. Like, I mean. I've seen a lot of Christian yeah, flicks they're, they're, that are very cheesy. It's yeah. like to have that in the same sentence, like amazing cinematography, yeah. amazing acting. They have great right? actors, yeah. yes. Like it's just they did such a good job. And it's funny because you feel like you're understanding like they're as if they are speaking another language because they're they have somewhat of an accent. So yeah. you feel like, oh yeah, I'm understanding. But it, they're speaking English. Right. <laughs> but it's honestly, it's just amazing. It's good. Um, okay, my recommendation, I'm only on chapter three, um, but the book is by Donald Miller, and it's called A Million mm. Miles in a Thousand Years. Have you guys heard about this? No. Not that specific book, but Donald oh, Miller. Yeah. Uh, he, he wrote Blue Like Jazz? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Ethan basically had this book in his truck, and yeah. I was reading it, and I only got to chapter three, but it's really cool, because the premise is like all about living in an experience. Mm-hmm. Living and experience. Living and experience or living in an experience? Like experiencing your life, like basically being like a lot of it in the first few chapters talks about being the protagonist in your own story. Mm. And so like no matter what, so like there's at one point in the book talking about going on this bike trip and then he's super hot, only finds like six inches of shade just to like lay his head back. And it's like in that moment, he could just be so like, oh, what am I doing? But then it's he has to think this is going to be a really good story one day. So I'm just going to revel in this moment. Mm. So I don't know. I just really like that concept because a lot of times you're just like getting by, like getting through your life. But if you can almost look at it like I'm the protagonist in my story, like how can I it it makes going to the grocery store more fun. Like I'm going to talk to the the teller and like ask her how her day's going, see if I can, you know, there's just so many moments that we pass by because we're just getting through. Well, I think that's the dull. I want to pin off ping off that because a Donald Miller's rad. I read, uh, building a story brand by him. That's how I knew the name. Uh, but I, I I really try to live my life that way. Like sometimes like you guys have been with me in these situations. We're sitting at a car wash and I could just sit in the car wash where I'm like, dude, I'm going to add some, Spice. I'm going to jump out and help this lady and yeah. just like, at, and no, you both and, live like and, that. I and it's because it. like, I like to help people, but I like to connect with people. And I find like, if you just engage the world, it'll engage you back. Yeah. And it's such a, it's so much, your day to day life becomes so much more enjoying enjoyable yeah. than if you're just kind of like floating through the world. Yeah. You know, it's kind of dull. But I, sure. th- so he wrote the book because, because of blue light jazz this film crew came and they wanted to like document his life and then they're going through like his life and then they found out his life's actually pretty boring. So the whole book that. is him going through like actually making his life more of an like an experience rather than just he was like talking in like the first chapter about how nobody 
films a movie about a guy that just really his life his goal in life was to get this volvo and at the end of the movie he gets his volvo like that's not we don't watch movies about that that's so (laughs) boring but that's how a lot of people live their lives um but i I just think it's a good like it's a nice little their chapters are pretty like punchy and short and it's just i need to read that that got me fired up yeah yeah so uh what's your story guys what type of legacy are you leaving behind? <laughs> what is your story? The think about guru. that. When you get up in the morning, think about who am I and what is my story? How will I be defined? Let's go. <laughs> I, that's been like a constant theme. I feel like past like six, seven months has been like, for, for me personally, it's like if your life was a movie, what would you do next? And it's probably not the boring thing. Like, oh. obviously. Gamify that yeah, life, baby. Let's obvi- go. Obviously doing what's consistent or like being consistent, being a good person, like all of those things I think are really important. Yeah. But like, like just still go to work. Yeah. Yeah. You go to work. Yeah. Like I tease perfect example. I tease Tess. I tease all you guys in these moments. Like Tess will do something and I could, I could totally just be like boring prince and just be like, Oh, she knocked over my glasses, whatever. Or I'm like, just because this, this moment's here, I want to have some fun. I'm going to make a joke. I'm going to add to He's a this. poker. I'm going to add to this. I'm going to add. Salt bay. I'm going to add to this salt. thing just because it's, it's fun to spice yeah. things up. <laughs> yeah. You, you know? could just cut your steak, you know, like a normal human. Yeah. But instead you make it all dramatic like salt bay. <laughs> You're and at a party. Someone's salt. like, this guy's not yeah. cool. And I'm like, it's all like, I'm sure he's actually pretty funny. And you can like have really fun interactions with people when you just have just go have fun in their life you don't have to have a serious conversation with that person i think it helps other people it like breaks the ice and helps other people be themselves too like so many people are so scared they're literally just like walking through and they would love for someone to break the ice and to be that person and like when you do it like gives everybody around in that circle like the freedom to like be themselves too and like engage and like when you're traveling like i remember we left at like four in the morning. Do you remember this at the airport? And there was this guy and everyone was like laughing and having fun. And I was like, it is way too early for you guys to be like this happy. And then he like kind of laughed. And then we talked about like some film stuff. Do you remember this? What trip? Uh, to Sedona. Is at the airport. We were there like four in the morning. She doesn't remember. She's like, all. I was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> I was cool. sleepwalking. Yeah. Anyways, that happened. But it like w- that conversation wouldn't happen unless there was like something that like broke the ice and like made it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. When we were getting on the plane. We were getting on the plane. And yeah. we were just, yeah. Yeah. I was like, bro. Because that's how we live our lives. <laughs> no, but I get into the habit of like, it's like, yeah, on the weekends I'll go do fun stuff. But on like Monday through Friday, that book kind of pushed me. Like, if I have three hours before the sun goes down, I'm done with work. I've done my workout for like my structure things are all done, and yeah. I have three hours. Why don't I go paddleboarding on yeah. the river? Like, or just little things like that. Go on a bike ride. Yeah. You're really good at that. Just peep his Instagram stories. He <laughs> is always. Somewhere on a trail, camping, at a coffee shop, talking with someone cool. Trying to make a movie out of my Instagram stories. It hey. is. Yeah. And you're the director. I wish I was. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I need a, I need someone to film me. I don't want to do it myself. I live it, but I can't. Just can't do the Instagram yeah. thing. It's not worth it. But only, there's only one. Can confirm. This is war. <laughs> <laughs> this is war uh but yeah nonetheless i think what we're all getting at even though we're in content and <laughs> we just brought it back to the podcast is 
we all want you guys to really enjoy your lives and make it a movie. We want everyone to just really enjoy their daily experience. And I think it'll just bring a lot more joy to your day to day life. And DJ, yeah. what is your content recommendation? So my content recommendation is a book I've been reading too. I'm like probably halfway through it, but it's a book about Andy Warhol. So it's the philosophy of Andy Warhol. Mm, you got um, that Sedona fine. I got it in Sedona. and Tlacopaki. Yep. Yeah, bro. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I bought it because it looks like a Campbell soup can and I love Andy Warhol. He has a lot of quotes that like, they're very simple quotes that like really resonate with me. One of them, I have like a photo of it at my house or like a print and it's the idea of waiting for something makes it more exciting. So it's like usually the thought he talks about this in the book too. It's like the thought of like leading up to something really cool, like a gallery show or like something like that. Excitement is oftentimes more impactful to you than the actual thing. Cause like you forget Dang. in the moment and all that stuff. But he talks a lot about really, like soaking up that time and the excitement. That's really good. And yeah. then it it gives you more joy in the waiting. Yeah. But it just kind of is his philosophy on like lots of different stuff. He has another quote too, like people should fall in love with their eyes closed. And so it's like you should shut off like the, you know, the aesthetics part or whatever and just like pay attention to the way that you feel. And I think that that's like a, just an interesting way to live your life. You know, with your eyes closed sometimes. Did I already get the um, <laughs> content recommendation for About Time? No. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Well, that reminds me of it because they go on a date and it, the restaurant, the lights are off and they basically, it's like a blind restaurant where they, you basically go on a blind date and you're talking with someone across the table, but you don't know what they look like. And then at the end, if you want to see them, you can see them. Anyways, long story short, yeah. that movie I wish I could watch it every week. It's one of those ones that just completely resets your compass. It's called It's About Time. It's just called About Time. About Time. And it's with Rachel McAdams. Okay. I'll and watch that. It's for sure. seriously I was blown away. I didn't I thought it was gonna be about something very different. And then it's really just a life life movie. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Okay. Another good piece of content. Ariane Knighton, the seventeen year old kid, broke Usain Bolt's two hundred meter record which is wild. A 17 year old kid. He couldn't even get the high school record because he's already like a professional athlete. But isn't that gnarly? Gnarly with a G. Like I know track and field is probably not the largest sport, but it's pretty wild to think of a 17 year old kid beating like the world's fastest guys record. It's a trip. That is insane. Um, so yeah, he's yeah. Anything else exciting in the news (laughs) content world guys? Content world. It's about it. TikTok's popping. Instagram's dying. Uh, YouTube <laughs> is strong. We gotta get on TikTok, bro. I'm feeling it. Yeah, we gotta get on TikTok. I mean, we I think a, the TikTok might just be us. Is the TikTok? We have a we have a TikTok celebrity. Oh in the my house. gosh! I'm gonna oh, yeah. a my content account. expert who spends so much time researching oh. TikToks. <laughs> And a newbie, which I actually think is the, oh, you know what? Actually, there's a really interesting story here. There's a guy who has just become like one of the most popular TikTokers. And What's his I, name? I, no idea. It's a great question. I'll, I'll look it up later. I saved the video because I was like, this is super interesting. Sounds he, a lot like me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. No, he, he has become so popular because he's like an Italian guy, but he was like raised in like 
somewhere in Africa and he doesn't use words in his humor. So he's like exploded because it's like a universally funny, like his jokes that they're like broke the language barrier. And so he's like growing faster than like the Demilios, like all these people. He's just like exploding. And it's literally just because who are the Tremilios? <laughs> Demilios. Yeah. Uh, is that a pizza brand? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a couple of dancing sisters. Stop fiddling with TikTok. your mic. I'm sorry. Hold on. So you're telling me all these dance moves I've been practicing and saving yeah. up may not be that relevant. Yeah. No one wants to see a renegade anymore. So, so my mind moves though could be huge hit. If they're funny because there's no words. I think TikTok has officially broken away from dancing. I see a lot less dancing on TikTok than when I first got on there. Well, I'm ready because I've been working on some new stuff. Almost no, <laughs> almost no uh, dancing, actually. Tess, can you confirm? Dancing is dead on TikTok? Yeah, definitely. So, well, it's different for everybody. That's what's kind of wild. There's stuff that like blows up. What, that what blows like up? What goes? Sees. Information? People want to learn? People want to learn and laugh? I honestly feel like it's a lot Edutainment? of... No, it's a lot of people interpreting like a trend and just re- remaking it their own. Just playing off pop culture and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like whatever sound is like the flavor of the week. Because, like, But it has been, <laughs> it's become its own language though because when, when I was away for like two weeks, I didn't have service and then I came back and I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. Mm. And literally oh, like, change. I was lost. <laughs> I bet. I so you like, get lo- wow. TikTok evolves so fast that there's jokes that I don't understand anymore because I was away for oh two my weeks. Gosh, that's so Hold funny. on, let, we should run DJ an experiment. Let's start a mind. <laughs> let's start a TikTok account, and uh, with your guidance and uh, our uniqueness, I think we can bring something, something special. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. 